Hello and welcome to Sticky from the Inside, the employee engagement podcast that looks at how to build stickier, competition-smashing, consistently successful organisations from the inside out. I'm your host, Andy Gorham, and I'm on a mission to help more businesses turn the lights on behind the eyes of their employees, light the fires within them, and create tons more success for everyone. This podcast is for all those who believe that's something worth going after and would like a little help and guidance in achieving that. Each episode, we dive into the topics that can help create what I call stickier businesses, the sort of businesses where people thrive and love to work and where more customers stay with you and recommend you to others because they love what you do and why you do it. So if you want to take the tricky out of being sticky, listen on. Okay, one of the saddest things I see in my work with clients on engagement strategies is when employees have been good enough, helpful enough, and brave enough to volunteer their thoughts or opinions to a survey or a piece of internal research, but that feedback goes into a black void. It's something I see all too often. If your suggestion meets with approval or is in line with a strategy or idea that is already planned, In most companies, you can pretty much be sure of getting some response to your suggestion. That's not the case, though, if your idea isn't considered to be right for implementation. Most of the time, you just get some deafening silence. I would argue that everybody should get some form of genuine communication back, even if it's just to say thanks. But even more so if your suggestion isn't going to make it. You'll never see it happen. So you'll never be one of those people that can think, hey, one of my ideas made it. Fantastic. It would be fair for you to assume at that point that no one has listened to you or that you've been ignored. And how is that going to make you feel? At best, probably unlikely to volunteer your ideas again. And at worst, disconnected from the business totally, feeling unloved, unvalued, and ready to find somewhere else. This doesn't just happen when we're looking for new ideas or on innovation drives. A quick dive into the verbatim comments on most engagement surveys will show you the same thing happens there too. How many times have you been told in the run-up to a survey that it's vital that you complete the survey so we can hear what you think and how you feel about working here? Plenty, I'm sure. You click the link, you've completed it, you're honest, you're open, you provide additional feedback when asked, and yet. All you get back in return is a headline score for businesses engagement and a list of things that will be looked at if you're lucky. Now, 67% of your employees are just present. They give you their time, but not their best effort or ideas. Now, with treatment like that, why should we be surprised? The saddest fact is that the majority of those employees have never even been asked for their input. It makes me cringe to think about what organizations and the people working inside them are all missing out on as a result. And that's why I'm delighted to be joined today by Will Reed. Will runs a company called Sideways 6, which is devoted to the encouragement, capture, and use of employee ideas and helps all sorts of companies build relevant and successful employee ideas programs and reap the organizational and employee-related benefits as a result. So. 
Today, I'm really looking forward to hearing about his personal journey behind starting this company and what best practice looks like in this space, as well as probably hear some stories of how not to do this stuff. Welcome to the show, Will. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's great to great to have you here, Will. Really good to have you here. Um, people that know me know I'm a volunteer for Engage for Success, right? And uh, we have these four enablers of engagement, and employee voice is right in there as one of the kind of major levers, enablers of employee engagement. And arguably, you read any articles now following the pandemic, employee voice has never been more important, right? Not just to sort of gauge opinion on how things are, but to help businesses grow, innovate, uh, diversify, all, all these good good things. Um, but before we get into all that good stuff, do me a favour, Will. Will you just give us a better introduction to you and Sideways 6 and what you're focusing on right now than I've just done? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to be honest, that was a brilliant a brilliant introduction <laughs> and, and um, covered so many of the reasons that we exist. Uh, so we exist to help bring good ideas to life every day, everywhere, from every, and from everyone. And that's kind of emblazoned on our on our walls and everything that we do. We do that through idea management software and advice and, and services. We believe passionately in the power of employee ideas, not just the power of the ideas when they're implemented to do good stuff. So to help uh, kind of open up new revenue streams or make employee experience better or reduce costs or increase efficiencies, all of that good stuff, the, the classic things that we know happen when good ideas come to life, but also the power of the process to engage people, to make mm. people feel that little bit better about where they are working, um, to make them not part of that 60 odd percent that are just turning up, but 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 not particularly engaged in what they're doing. Then actually the power of employee ideas to engage people in particular things right to engage people in change to create shared ownership of the things that are important to an organization so that's that's what we do is we try and make those three benefits happen for uh organizations big and small um and we're kind of stubborn on the purpose flexible on the how so over the years we've, we've built various product to, to make that happen and um we've started to offer services all of that good stuff uh very proud of of, of everything that we've achieved doing it for some awesome companies and then doing it in hopefully the right way as well so um uh trying to build a culture ourselves which which is engaging and and, and which people really enjoy doing their best work in not no mean feat so i like listening to your podcast for tips <laughs> um uh side outside of that i yeah i mean I'm, I'm pretty nerdy about all of this idea stuff and company building stuff outside of that to get my kicks i, I like to box um uh, amateur kind of DJ and uh yeah, like to like to create and take myself to the limits really outside of work. Amazing. That's fantastic. What I love about all of that is the word stubborn when it comes to purpose, right? I mean, what's the point of having a purpose if you're not like properly wedded to it and totally, totally aligned to it, right? Um, I only wish many more businesses were that committed to their purpose, right? I think <laughs> yeah. we'd all be in a better place. I'm I'm fascinated to talk to you today because I think in my own experiences back in corporate land, you know, either trying to contribute ideas, um, as most of the time that was probably a lot of my job, but also being on the receipt end of it and trying to deal with these things and it never really gaining much traction. I'm really interested as to where the genus for all this thing came from, from you. What What happened in your career to make you think, right, Here's a space I can make an impact on, and yeah. I know it's going to bring a benefit. What what happened to you? Where yeah, did it come from? 
Well, I think I think my experience will probably resonate with some of your listeners. I think all but the very luckiest of us have had at least one experience during our working careers where we felt like we are not a part of the bigger whole, where we are not consulted, listened to, heard, um, where actually our ideas and our opinions don't particularly matter at work. And I certainly had that experience early on in my career. Mm. Uh, I joined a graduate scheme at a, a big company it was a, the definition of kind of a small fish in a, in a big pond and even though I'd been excited to go into the role after six months there my in- excitement and enthusiasm and engagement had really diminished and that had mainly been because I'd had this experience of kind of speaking to our customers so for me it was b2b customers but speaking to our customers hearing insights and then really having nowhere to go with those insights and and the ideas that they led to right so i had these ideas about how our product could be better i had these ideas about how the customer the the experience for the customer could be better and now granted as a graduate without a huge amount of context a load of them might have been rubbish uh but some of them might have been interesting and some of them might have been a little bit interesting but if i had been able to get a load of other minds on it they might have turned into something really interesting but there was no no opportunity for that um, and what that led to is instead of kind of going out and putting these ideas forwards into the world, they got discussed with a little bit of a tinge of resentment with my friends who didn't work at the company on a, on a Friday at the pub. Um, and yeah, that, that, that experience really stuck with me. And then at later date, I moved into working in an agency and we were building tools for big organizations. And I ended up speaking to the company that I used to work for. And it turns out that they actually had multiple employee ideas platforms in use at the company. So, so that, I found that quite interesting because I'd had the experience that they didn't listen, and it turns out that they did. They did want to. So actually, it turns out that the, the desire was there from the company. And I'm, I'm sure, actually, if I'd if that experience had been relayed to the CEO or the CHRO or the head of comms, they would have thought that's terrible. That's not not what we're trying to do here. We absolutely are trying to listen. Yeah, but. That's not what happened. So, um, so then it struck me that it must be something in the pro the process or the mechanism, uh, and that's and that's where it came from. That's that's where the, the the thought came from. Can we build a mechanism that works to help employees be heard and to help companies listen um, and actually leverage people's ideas? I think it's uh, interesting as well. You think about you coming into a business as a graduate, right? You're at that point probably at your most excited. Knowing the graduates I've worked with in the past, properly confident, going to be yep. here, make make it make an impact, right? Um, but to have ideas or thoughts not really go anywhere and just sort of fall into a vacuum can be quite, I guess, demoralizing, right? And it can dampen that enthusiasm. And already we've kind of watered down the product we've just bought as a, as a business. Hundred percent. And I think it on the other side of the coin, it's really interesting when you're in receipt of lots of ideas because oh, I remember and I've I've. I don't think I've told this story on the podcast before, but I remember in marketing, you know, trying to engage with em- employees in the early part of my career and looking for suggestions for promotions and other bits and pieces that we that we could do. And I had one guy in payroll processing who literally five times a week would send me ideas. Now, great, right? But they were mad. Um and were uh, way, way, way bigger than we could ever we could ever afford, afford to do. But it was constant, and I kind of got into my head: look, either I can 
shut this guy down or I can ignore him or I can kind of just move on. Um, but I took the decision to kind of each time he sent an idea, I would pop round and explain why perhaps we weren't able to um, sponsor the premiership or something, you know, yeah. um, uh, and why we couldn't do this. And I think he appreciated having a chat. But the ideas kept coming. And this went on for maybe 18 months, right? Mm -hmm. And I built a lovely relationship with him, but I was still getting mad ice ideas until one day. One day, one of these ideas was an absolute corker. And we implemented it. It went it went really well. I'm not going to the details of it, but it was a fantastic idea. Now, I always look back at that pain, personal pain for 18 <laughs> months and think, wow, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have landed on this big idea right i mean is this some that must be something you see i love a, that yeah. A problem. yeah i love that and there's actually been studies that suggest that as long as you handle people's ideas well even if you are kind of quote unquote rejecting them again and again and again it can get into double figures with people kind of continuing like yeah. continuing to bring ideas to the fore um and it just shows that like people want to be heard people want to contribute people want to contribute to the success of an organization outside of their outside of their narrowly defined role. And if you give them that opportunity, then sooner or later there will be a good um a good idea. Now how you how you make get more of those good ideas, yeah. again, quote unquote versus quote unquote bad ideas, or how you get more ideas that are actually likely to be implemented and, and see success versus ideas that are unlikely to be implemented and are unlikely to to lead success. There's a bunch of things that you can do. But I think what you've just talked about there is, is is the importance of creating a culture where people feel like they can stand up and be heard. And if you had said that first time, or if you the first time or the second time or the third time, if you had either said, I'm not interested, which mm. is effectively what a lot of organizations are doing. If you yeah. just yeah. tell people, say, your new big sustainability strategy, or if you just tell people, right, we're focused on efficiency now, and you don't say, so how are we going to do it, team? Or you don't say we've got 80% of the plan, but we're interested in, in the 20% coming from our people. You're effectively saying we know best and we're not interested in, in we're not interested in what you think. Um, That's not a conversation, are, is it, Will? That's not, not a conversation. conversation. It's a monologue. The second, <laughs> the, the second thing that you could, that you could have done, and, and then to draw the analogy there, is you could have listened to him or at least let him say his bit and then completely ignored it. So you could have, you could have not, kind of processed it in your head you could have been like oh here we go again there we go let's just ignore it um uh yeah and 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 then and then and then um he could have not heard anything back from you and then felt disengaged in that way as well so mm. and that is what happens with a lot of organizations with things like surveys or if you try and run an ideas program you get excited about the prospects and it all goes wrong it's it's really disengaging actually to get excited and to think yeah they're really listening and then crickets, and then yeah. nothing. Um, and so you've you've kind of highlighted a couple of the ways that you can that you can get this get this wrong. Now, if I was to give you tips on how to deal with that person again, one of the tips I would give is is to give as much context as possible. You've mentioned in in, in your introduction that actually, if an idea is likely to fit into the predefined strategy or challenges or whatever, it's more likely to be implemented. And though I think you're right to draw on the challenges of that i.e. like what about those out of the box like outside the box ideas yeah there are some benefits to that right every organization is trying to achieve something ideally they're trying to achieve a, a noble purpose at the top um, and ideas that go into that purpose should be considered 
But if uh, also they'll be trying to achieve something in the short to medium term, so they'll have some kind of strategy or mission or um, midterm goal, and then they'll have all like parts of the organization focused on objectives that that lead up into that. Now, if you can give as much context as possible as to what the organization is trying to achieve in the long, medium, and short term, and give as much context as possible to what you or your department are trying to achieve in the long, medium, short term. It's, it's, you're going to start skewing towards the types of good ideas that that, that, that can be that can be implemented. So um, that would be one of the things that I might I might kind of look at. And um, that's one of the tips that we always give to uh, people that we're talking to around setting these types of programs up is is give give as much context as possible. Like unless, like let people know what the current challenges are. Let people know what the current goals are. Let people know what the long term implications are, um, and then you can you can turn their insight towards that another thing would be to when you are setting this up and if you are taking that kind of challenge based approach to look at um setting those challenges or those themes uh, or those campaigns up in what we call the kind of golden trinity of uh, which is a pretty grand name but <laughs> you can think of three concentric circles and, and you want to be asking for people's ideas in the middle of these three concentric circles. So first off, it needs to be something that the organization cares about. All that stuff that I've just talked about, uh, the really long-term stuff on our purpose. So um, our purpose is, is, as I said at the beginning, bring, bringing good ideas to life every day, everywhere, and from everyone. So if any ideas come up that could help us to do that, even if it isn't to do directly with idea management software, even if it isn't to do directly with idea management services, even if it's some crazy out-of-the-box idea, I'm interested because mm. if it helps us get towards our purpose, that's a good thing. The second concentric circle to be thinking about is do employees care about this? Is there likely to be a degree of enthusiasm, interest, even frustration about this topic? All of those things are good and are likely to lead to higher engagement in your ideas program if, if, if people actually care. So um, if you go out and say, uh, let me give you an example, I, we ran an ideas program around our, our new office and our new working mode after COVID, right? So we weren't sure exactly how to do it. And I wanted people to co-create that strategy with me. So I said, what are your ideas on how we can get that right? You can bet people cared about that because it's such a big impact on their lives. If I was to go out about some like, how do you think we should deal with our tax, <laughs> our kind of inter-country tax affairs, might be a bit of a snooze fest. You might not get too much. Then the third concentric circle is, are employees likely to have some kind of insight here that would lead to good ideas? And this is where I get so excited about frontline organizations implementing these ideas programs, because there is so much insight bubbling around. If you look at a retailer, if you look at an um, airline, if you, look, if you look at any organization where there is some kind of frontline interacting with uh, your customer, there is likely to be so, so, so much insight um, in that front line. And of course, all employees are likely to have areas where they have insight. But um, yeah, that's that's so that's your three to look at to build more, to, to, to get a higher likelihood of great ideas. It, it's does the company care about this topic? Does Do employees care about this topic? And are they likely to have some kind of unique insight that might lead to some great ideas? I love that. I really love that model. That That's really nice and simple and sets a very good tone. Naturally, I also like the fact that in there is this link to purpose and values and just just to check back a sec and you were talking about at the start that when you were the graduate and you had all these ideas and they were kind of falling apart did you have that connection to the the organization's purpose and values or were you disconnected from it at that point 
Yeah, I, I was disconnected from it, to be honest with you. I didn't I didn't really know what our purpose and values were. I'm sure during my onboarding, I was told them, but they didn't, it wasn't an organization where they were really consistently brought to life. We were also part of almost like a satellite office, a business that had been bought by that company. And that probably didn't help. But I think one of the one of the kind of things that we talk about is to is to just give context till you're bored of it. Give context till you're frustrated about it. Give context till till you're till you're like you're annoying yourself by saying it yet again. <laughs> like that purpose needs to be drilled into people. It needs to be the beginning. I mean, for us, we start every monthly update with a, with our purpose. We start every quarterly update with our purpose. I, I reference our purpose all the time because it's so so important. And but I I didn't feel that that organization, and that probably led into. Like if I, with that context, you can do amazing things, right? With that context, you can have ideas that are nothing to do with short-term goals that still might be amazing. Um, without that context, you might be trying to sponsor football teams um, or, or there's a, we've, we've, we were brought in once where a company launched an ideas program and they were like, there were some real skeptics about ideas programs because they said, look, we launched this. And the idea that actually, bubbled up to the top that got the most traction was that we should put an ice cream machine in every in the corner of every office right. and i was like well what did you ask them what did you ask people for their ideas on like, well, we did we just said give us your ideas on anything like how can we make x co better wow and of course that would like objectively there are criteria under which that would be a good idea right if if it was could how do you make employees days more delightful mm. That that probably makes your your day a little bit more delightful if there is unlimited ice cream in the corner. Probably also doesn't do great stuff for your health. Doesn't do great stuff for the finances of the company. Doesn't there's a load of there's a load of criteria under which that makes no sense. But you have to give the context to what you're trying to achieve in order to get in order to get the ideas. And I think I probably didn't have that. You're right. So uh, that's that's a fascinating link. And then looking back to your three concentric circles, you know, with one's missing for you straight off the bat, right? Your your top yeah. circle of well, what the organization cares about you're not you're not related to you're not so already your ideas are kind of already on their radar they're deficient right they could yeah. be great you could have something you really care about and you've seen there's lots of problems so you're covering off the care and you're covering off the insight but the lack of connection means maybe it's a bit misdirected i don't I, that's a really interesting model to start to look at things through thank you for yeah. that um i guess what we're starting to talk about here is the two-way conversation, the thing about listening, hearing, and action, though, right? I mean, because there are probably hundreds of ideas that are living out there but not living because they haven't gone anywhere or there's been lack of feedback or there's been no action taken. Um, so I guess what we're really talking about here is listening to and giving employees a voice, making them feel involved and connected to the mission and the context, and I guess the performance journey that the business is on. Mm -hmm. And so in the world that you've now tried to create, right, what's what's the difference between success and failure here? I mean, clearly it's going to relate back to your model, but yeah. what do you see in the client work that you do yeah. that is the definition of success and failure? Yeah, absolutely. So so typically, it's, it's, companies are trying to implement this for one of three reasons, usually. I mentioned them earlier, but they're either trying to get the benefits from the implemented ideas themselves, and depending on what they're turning 
depending on what they're turning the ideas program towards, be it cost savings or be it sustainability or be it innovation or be it whatever it might be, customer experience, um, those implemented ideas will mean different things. But this is the typical the typical one, right? There's cold, hard ROI if you can find an idea which fits in with everything you're trying to do and you implement it. There's two two other goals that companies might be trying to uh, achieve when they, they start a program like this. It might be that they are trying to generally increase employee engagement it feels good to be heard. We have one customer where off the back of the ideas program, 76% of the people who contributed to the ideas program said they now felt closer to the business as a result of having done so. Um, so, so just general employee engagement in, in your business, it feels good to be heard. If I had had this experience, I think I would have uh, been much less likely to be moaning, much less likely to, to my mates on a Friday, much less likely to have left before the end of my graduate program, all of that good stuff. Then the third benefit is to engage employees in particular change and create shared ownership of, of, of change and goals. So that is the example of sustainability rather than telling people that we care about it, getting them to co-create. And there's this concept called the endowment effect or the IKEA effect that, that is studied to tell us that if we help to co-create something, we place more value on it. I like if I've got two uh, sets of drawers exactly the same from IKEA, one of them was from the section the, that you know the bit just before the tills where it's all pre-made and it's I'm, still I'm good. too busy I'm too busy thinking about dime bars at that place and then there's another one that you went home and you spent an hour building the bloody thing and somehow you care a lot more about that one yeah. and you put a lot more about that's been studied it's called the endowment effect and, and and by asking people for their ideas around particular strategies and implementing some of them or particular change, you are creating that endowment, that shared ownership of those goals. So companies are trying to achieve one of those three things. Now, how do, how do they measure success on those? It's usually, uh, it's, it, it, there's only a few different things that you want to be looking at. How many ideas are you actually, in, so actually, we'll start right from the, the kind of very end. So you might be looking at ROI. So of the ideas that were implemented, what did they do to our company? Did they reduce carbon emissions? Did they improve customer experience? Did they reduce costs? Did they open up new revenue streams? Mm-hmm. One thing to look at. We'll now move slightly to the left, slightly over the funnel, and you might look at how many ideas did we bring to life? So we said we wanted to run an ideas program because we actually cared about bringing the ideas to life, which is key. And without that, you, you kind of kill the flywheel. Without bringing ideas to life, you don't have the stories to talk about. You don't you 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 don't get the funding to keep this thing going. You don't get employees engaged. So you look at how much like how many ideas are you bringing to life. The, the third, if you move slightly to the left of the funnel again, you might look at some metric of quality of ideas. Right. So how many of these ideas meet a a kind of quality metric? Are they, for example, aligned to the things that we wanted them to be aligned to? Are they implementable? Are they likely to lead to benefit? And then you can go on to how many people did you engage? as a metric of like creating that shared ownership. Um, so how many people did you actually uh, engage in the change? Um, and, and did you engage a high percentage of people? Did they have a good experience? So there's a bunch of metrics almost from right to left of a typical funnel that you might be thinking about in terms of success. Um, and if you are consistently implementing lots of ideas, ideally with some with some kind of trackable ROI, so that you, the, the kind of finance bods are happy, um, uh, and uh, you're engaging a lot of people, they're having a good experience, then you are onto, onto a winner. Um, and, and that's where you're going to see those, those benefits. Every single customer that we work with, for example, that has 
achieve those metrics, and that's that's the vast majority, also sees an increase in employee engagement score. Um, also sees uh, um, the, the 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 transformation projects that they're trying to back up succeed. So so then it's like, well, how do you actually get there? Um, how do you what does what does good look like? What does bad look like? What does great look like? Um, I'll give you I'll give you kind of uh, a couple of tips on that potentially with some some examples. Okay. So I don't remember Dave Lewis, the old CEO of Tesco, but he he came in in September, and I remember this was just when I was starting to work on Sideways Six, and the front page of City AM said, "Dave Lewis in plea to staff, tell me how to fix Tesco." Right. And he had all of the good intentions of saying he understood that though he was leading this business now, there was insight all over it in in terms of how they could be better. And there were ideas all over it in terms of how it could be better. And so Dave Lewis said to, to people at Tesco, um, here's my email address. Send me ideas and let's see how we can how we can turn this thing around. Um, and he he gave some some broad strokes in terms of context, but to be honest, not a huge amount. Now, I don't have the inside scoop past that. That was obviously front page news. Sure. But I can imagine what, what happened from there on in. And, and we've heard some kind of back channel stuff. So first off, you get, and I know I know that they got kind of at least three or 4,000 ideas in from, from the hundreds of thousands of stuff. The first thing that you need to look at is, do you have a way to actually manage these ideas that is going to be manageable, that is going to be comfortable for you to deal with a, a large volume of and I'm talking about a scale at this point, but no, of course. Uh, and that that the, the kind of a way to manage them does not mean a couple of EAs being absolutely drowned in ideas about all sorts of different things that are all in the form of email. And that's probably what happened there. And so what you need to be thinking about as one of your drivers of success is are you able to manage these ideas in a way that allows you to understand them, to get them to the right place, that, that kind of cuts down on the amount of manual work needed um, to actually to actually deal with these. Because you don't want to make that promise that you're listening and then not implement ideas, and that can be the first hurdle. Before that, one of the things that he got right was to make it as easy as possible for employees to engage. Yeah. So send me a quick email, good. Maybe you might say, actually, did all the frontline staff, were they comfortable with email? At that point, did they all have email addresses? So there might have been a blocker, but um, I think it was pretty easy. What you don't want to do is to lock this behind some new platform that people have to go and learn. And they go to www.ideasplatform.com slash Tesco, and they, they're presented with something. <laughs> and before long, that flash of inspiration, that flash of engagement, they've been met with a, a sign-on screen and then a platform they've never used before and they just can't be bothered and they, and they suck it off. So that's the kind of capture thing that you need to think about. So you think about capturing, think about management, you need to think about prioritization. How do you actually understand what a good idea is? Have you got a set, consistent way to prioritize ideas um, against almost a benchmark, which allows you to, to, to progress them, to POC them, to work on them? Do you have the right people in place to prioritize them? So do you have some people who are actually subject matter experts? This obviously, the narrower the challenge is, the easier this is. If you go very broad, you're going to have to try and find those subject matter experts from across the business. Um, and then do you have a way to prioritize them against each other? Because we all know that there's 100,000 things that we could be doing at any one time. And even, even if you get 100 great ideas, you need to get started with one of them. So you need to be thinking about consistent ways that you can prioritize these ideas. 
and and we don't know how how Dave did on that one, but I, I would assume with an email <laughs> inbox and a, such a broad topic that might have been a little bit difficult. Um, then you need to think about how you're going to engage people. So uh, this is one where I'm thinking might have struggled a little. How do you keep people in the loop? How do you not give them that experience um, that I described you could have done but didn't with 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 your friend who your insightful friend who had lots of ideas? Um, how do you make sure that they understand what's happened to their idea, what people thought of their idea, whether it's going to be worked on, whether it's not? Uh, and so you need to think about that engagement and communication. And ideally, you want to make that as easy as possible with things like automate where it makes sense, template where it makes sense, and personalize where it makes sense. Um, so you need to be thinking about engagement. And then there's a couple of other bits around like analysis and implementation. You need to understand what people are saying en masse, and they need to actually bring ideas to life. And that that's around um, things like resource. Do you actually have the space and the resource to work on some ideas? Do you Have you made sure that you're working with someone who can help you to bring these ideas to life? Uh, but also around kind of... Um, technology are you are you going to are you going to stay the course do you have a way to track these ideas and make sure that none get kind of slipped through the cracks um and then just some other things that you need are things like uh, a bit of perseverance <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you need to be thinking about your what we call the ideas flywheels so totally stolen from jim collins but the the, the the flywheel metric should be bringing ideas to life so can you get a couple of those early wins that you can celebrate and feedback um, and where it works, it, it works really, really well. So a couple of examples to, to tell you about would be um, M&S run a fantastic ideas initiative. They actually, uh, for my money, probably have the one of the oldest ideas initiatives in the UK. Um, we've seen some amazing uh, kind of promotional material for these ideas initiatives when they were first launched at Marks & Spencer way back when. At this point, it's called uh, Straight to Stuart. Um, and it's uh, basically a campaign that's, that's run by their uh, CEO. And it's really heavily linked um, to, to the stage of the uh, business that they're in. So they have an internal name for the, the stage of the business they're in. They link this campaign to it, make it super easy for employees to get engaged. They just use Microsoft Teams. That happens to be what they use. Um, in terms of the management piece, they've got a really great structure to understand the ideas, get them to the right people. They have fantastic people uh, who are looking after looking after the scheme. They've got clear ways to prioritize. They've got clear ways to engage people along the way. They've got clear ways to analyze and to bring those ideas to life. And everyone understands the importance of the scheme. And what that leads to is thousands of people engaged on a monthly basis, loads of great stories of ideas that have been brought to life um, uh, and, and a kind of warm feeling but also employee engagement score increases it leads to engagement in that stage of the company's business uh, so that's one that's more on the employee engagement side of things but another example would be at balfour bt where their ceo leo quinn leads the employee ideas initiative um and uh it's there it's called my contribution um it feeds into their built to last strategy again showing the importance of um, the importance of uh, linking this to what the company really cares about and there, it's definitely an employee engagement initiative, but it's it's got some really cold, hard ROI thanks to how they run the program. So they let people know what they care about early on. They care about the things that make them a successful business, employee experience, safety, cash in, cash out, sustainability. Um, and they make sure that each idea aligns to one of those. They have very clear paths to uh, to, to implementation. And they've released figures showing that, that kind of the ideas themselves that have been implemented have led to over 20 million pounds worth in cost savings in, in just a 
So, so yeah, there's some incredible examples out there, um, but they broadly get those those six pillars right. They capture correctly, they manage correctly, um, they prioritize correctly, they engage correctly, they analyze correctly, and they implement. It's such an important thing, and um, it can be really complex, right? And especially at scale, dealing with these things. So I think those sort of six steps um, lay that out really, really nicely. I, I guess behind the scenes... And also, I guess as a consequence, we might quickly come on to some of the associated benefits here, is that this can help, I guess, set the platform for psychological safety, positive feedback, all these sorts of things by getting more involvement. Because I guess you've got to have a bit of a culture that is encouraging people to to offer their ideas, to put themselves out there, right? Um it takes a little bit of courage to put an idea out because it's a little bit of your soul that goes with it, right? And if it's ignored or or binned off, well, that's a little bit of your soul gone, right? And so might not do that again. So how how important do you see the things around having a strong, psychologically safe kind of background platform to work off? And then how these companies are dealing with the feedback? Because you, you talk about automate and personalize where possible, yeah, but yeah. how how's that really come come to life? Yeah. So listen, it's our dream when some when a company comes to us and it turns out that they have an incredible culture where everybody feels absolutely psychologically safe and they all want to everyone. There's no hesitation to sharing ideas publicly. Um, that's brilliant. And yeah. that's going to that's going to make success a hell of a lot easier. But it's also uh, less likely to, to be the case. Right. We all, all of our companies. We one thing that you learn, I'm sure you do as well, working with big organizations is often. Um, the people within them all think that their organizations are uniquely uh, difficult or challenged or broken. Um, when actually, uh, uh, maybe a word of consolation, everyone thinks that, so it's okay. Um, don't, give, don't give away uh, the secrets, Will. Come on. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, so so every, so typically when we start working with an organization, there isn't perfect psychological safety. There isn't a perfect culture. There are people that feel a little bit concerned about speaking up. And that's where you've got to you've got to kind of build your beachhead. You've mm. got to find the people who are most receptive to this stuff, and you've got to run this on a smaller scale. You've got to be a little bit more targeted. You've got to kind of by hell high water bring some of these ideas to life. And then you've got to shout about it, and you've got to start turning those skeptics around. You've got to start building that psychological safety that says, even if previously we weren't ten out of ten amazing at this thing, even if previously um, some of your skepticism was warranted. We're doing this now. We are really listening. The ideas really get brought to life um, where possible. And you can, you too can join in. And you almost go, you just start to kind of thaw, you thaw the organization almost and, and make people a little bit more receptive uh, bit by bit. And um, kind of using that old adage of actions speak louder than words, you prove it. You show that we are really listening and we are really, really doing it this time. And then to the so that's how I would go about kind of dealing with an organization where the, the psychological safety is is a little bit on the low side. Um, you can get there, and this can become a catalyst for that organizational change and that cultural change, and that's amazing to see. Because um, as I say, people feel closer to the business, they feel more heard, and they're more likely to kind of go out. The other interesting thing is that some proportion of the employees that engage become raving fans of of the program and, and, and kind of go out and, and spread the word, which is a really interesting thing as well. Um, on the second bit, how do you get the, how do you get the messaging, right? So when we talk about automation, uh, most of what we suggest being automated is positive 
or administrative. Mm. So we we all we all expect if we make a purchase online that we're going to get a confirmation email. If we put an idea forwards, we want to get a confirmation message just saying, "Hey, we've got it. Here's what you can expect." Right? It, it allays the fear, so we can automate that away. Mm. If, if an idea progresses through pipeline, we can automate that probably, right? Because it's a it's a it's a it's a positive message. Um, it might not have got to the point where it's getting really detailed feedback just yet. We can we can automate that away. We can also automate things like if an idea is getting super popular on 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 your collaboration tool then we can just send but when it comes to actually delivering some of those more sensitive messages yeah that's where you want to start d- entering a degree of personalization ideally it's kind of templated so you don't have to personalize everything um, but you want to basically show people that they were heard they were considered um that, that, that and and in a non-generic way so you want to say look thank you for your idea um we really liked this and this about it but on this occasion uh we're not going to be able to prioritize it because of this this and this and I think that's what's important. We, 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 you have mentioned many benefits here today, including the finance one for all the finance guys out there of ROI and improvement and all those good things. We've talked about uh, the push for innovation. We've talked about the whole engagement piece, which is bang on for this for this podcast. So we've got loads and loads of associated benefits. Well, we've come to the part in the show I like to call sticky notes, which is where I'm going to ask you to summarize all of our discussions and consolidate your three best pieces of advice on how to bring employee ideas to life that could fit onto three little sticky notes. So if you were to leave us with three top tips on how to do that, what would be on your three sticky notes, Will? I'll just start by saying I love that this is sticky notes because the post-it note was an employee idea at 3M. Yes, yes. yes. uh, I love that. I love that. uh, and they are uh, an incredible organization and, and that's a, a product that changed the world thanks to a little bit of insight from an employee. Um, my three kind of bits of advice to get this right are context and, and context until you get sick of it. Just keep providing it. The long term, the short term, the medium term, um, what makes a good idea, what you're focused on. Keep providing that context in all the sorts of ways. Tell them, show them. Um, reinforce it when you bring the ideas to life as to why those ideas were brought to life. The second thing is if, if you do have that culture that needs thawing, be okay to start small. You don't have to start really, really big. You can build up your tribe of believers. You can go to the leader that most believes in this to start off with. You can find them and you can start from them and then you can gradually create the massive change that you want to, but it can start from a really, um, a really small seed. And then the third, and I'm totally stealing this, um, I'm kind of obsessed with this phrase at the moment, but I'm stealing it from, I think it was Tim Ferriss or, or James Clear. They had a podcast where they talked about habits and they said, what would, one of the interesting questions to ask yourself about habits is what would this look like if it was easy? So if I want to achieve this goal, there's, there's uh, a way in which I could make this easy and there's a way that in which I can make this hard. What would this look like if it was easy? So I'd encourage you to think about that from your in the point of view of employee ideas. How can we make it easy for employees to engage? How can we make it easy for us to understand what a good idea might look like? How can we make it easier for ideas to be brought to life? And generally, that means at the beginning, narrowing down the scope a little bit. It means going where the employees already are. It means finding the more enthusiastic people. And then over time, the bigger change is going to become easier. So yeah, um, context until you get sick of it. Start small and think about how you can make it easy. Well, perfect perfect sticky notes and yes the link to the 3m thing is just wonderful serendipity i think for for, for today just brilliant will love it 
I've really enjoyed this conversation. Really insightful. I love I love the sort of Venn diagram model as well. Thank you so much for coming on today. Good luck with everything you're doing. It can only have great effect, I'm sure. Thank you. And thanks, Javier. And if anyone's interested in this stuff, we have a bunch of resources. So just Google Sideways 6 and we should be able to help you out. Um, and yeah, and, and tell us your stories of bringing ideas to life. I we'll we'll put that link in the show notes for sure, my friend, so <laughs> yeah. people can kind of access it. Thank you so much. Stuff. All right, Thank my friend, you. You, ta- you, take, you take care. Cheers. Okay, everyone, that was Will Reed. And if you'd like to find out a bit more about him or any of the topics that we've talked about on today's show, please check out the show notes. So that concludes today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, found it interesting, and heard something maybe that will help you become a stickier, more successful business from the inside going forward. If you have, please like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps. I'm Andy Gorham, and you've been listening to the Sticky from the Inside podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.